Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is January 30th, 2022. My name is Eric Peters and joining me today, Mr. Dan Curtis. Wow, that was impressive. I, I know. Like that Half, one. Halfway through that, I realized I hadn't taken a single breath. And I think that like over the years, <laughs> I've generated lung strength to just be able to do everybody's name all in one breath. Well, when adult show choir comes a calling, you'll be ready. Yeah. Like the Backstreet Boys used to do. They'd have to stand in front of a wall and blow so they'd keep a card on the wall for a certain amount of time. Why do you know that? Don't ask these things, Dan. It's probably just better if you don't know. <laughs> Tell if, everybody about your boy band, boy band obsession. It, there was no obsession. I don't there, believe you. <laughs> no, Nobody except an extreme fan of Boyzone would know this fact. I don't remember where I learned that fact, but it was one of those, it was either Backstreet Boys or NSYNC, but it was one of those facts that when you hear it, it's like, this is just going to live in my brain. That and sounds like a deflection that somebody who was obsessed with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC would say. Not that that's a bad thing. Next topic. <laughs> I think I hit a nerve. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I what? can't help but see, but hear even, that we sound a bit silkier than normal mm. today. So sultry. So sultry. Oh, I mean, so I still speak smooth. the incomprehensible Geordie nonsense. Yeah, but, but now it actually sounds good. <laughs> I don't know, like, Christ almighty. <laughs> I, think I was for looking, one... wait, the other day you were looking back through show descriptions, and I looked back through some of them. And uh, I, I looked back at uh, Final Fantasy IX and remember that stupid episode of the Condipede Dwarves and the Rally oh Hose. <laughs> There's been so many gems over the years. So many. So many. But yes, you are right. Uh, thank you. Big thanks to our Patreon supporters. When we originally kicked off Patreon, our goal was to use it to push everything back into the show, which we've done. But our goal was to always get this, the, the recording setup that we really wanted with broadcast quality microphones. And boys and girls, we got there. We, we we've, been, we've been saving our shekels for a number of years, but we got there. We finally just upgraded all of our recording equipment. We got brand new Shure SM7B mics, new arm stands, some cloud lifters, and we're, we're good. We're good to go. Um, we may sound better, but currently Dan looks like a PS1 bad polygon render. I'm pretty sure I'm still here. Oh, there we you're, go. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just needed to speak and then I reappear. <laughs> yeah, you're just like an unloaded texture. <laughs> I'm not optimized for Series X. No, no, you are <laughs> not. There has not been the next gen Dan downgrade or upgrade yet. I still look better than Enter the Matrix, though. Jeez, More on that later. <laughs> Woo. But yes, thank you so much to everyone who supports us on, on Patreon for uh, generously donating over the years and getting us to the point where we can finally sound as good as we do. We always sound good. But um, I, I think back when I first started doing this, I was literally recording with a rock band mic. A microphone from actually Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero microphone. That's what weren't I was you, using. Weren't you holding it for the first couple shows? I would have thought so, yes. And then you had you had a mic stand, but it didn't quite fit, so you had to tape it to the mic stand? Probably, that sounds about right. 
<laughs> yeah, I was using some $50 M audio condenser microphone that I'd been using for the Manatang podcast. But yeah, we've come a yeah. long way. And there's that minor factory sales episode minus 42 where uh, we're doing it by tin can. Oh my God. That was a good one. That was, yeah. Thank God for the um, reference track. Did we have a reference track then? Uh, I then don't we, we went know. through the phase where we were using that website to record, which completely just would randomly delete everything we'd done for no reason. Yeah, those were fun days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fun days. <laughs> I like it. And now uh, he forces us all individually to make sure old Blinky is a Blinken. Otherwise... Hey, Blinken. <laughs> hey, Blinky, you suffine. You suffine. Oh, no. Mind, hey, Blinky. <laughs> well, at least it's no longer Hey, Mangler. Wait, you know, you know, you always say that about uh, like uh, random facts about Backstreet Boys being at the forefront of your mind whenever possible. That song is never far away from my brain. Don't know why. That and make my wish come true. <laughs> Well, I started Final Fantasy thirteen earlier today, and it was playing that, and I couldn't help but laugh. Oh, God, it's so fun. I don't know if, uh, if we have, I assume we've probably talked about it on the show, but for full probably. context, with uh, Final Fantasy thirteen when it first came out, me and him were playing it together, and um, we would just randomly talk on a night on Skype, and we would just randomly just burst into, make my wish come true, <laughs> something, something else. And then that's when that's when moves like Jagger came out, and we were uh, singing moves like Stagger when we were in the combat scenes. Once again, that happened when I staggered an enemy. Oh so yeah! Thank you for that. He's got because... moves like Stagger. Maybe that's why I like Final Fantasy Thirteen more than some people. <laughs> you know, to get the extra joy out of it. I had grand ambitions to include Final Fantasy Thirteen on my Game of the Year show that we did a couple weeks ago. And then I really stopped and thought about it because I, what I thought was recently played through almost the entirety of it. I've never beaten it. I've always gotten up to uh, Grand Pulse, which is where the game opens up and then stopped. So I said, I'm going to play through this. And I really enjoyed my playthrough, really got engaged with the characters, really liked the story I was going through, trying to get everybody's ultimate weapon, got up to Grand Pulse and stopped. And before a game of the year show, a couple months prior, I'm like, I'm going to finish this and I'm going to shock everybody by having this. And then I stopped and thought about it and I played the entirety of that before I moved, which was in the summer of 2020. It's been almost two years since I played that game. Seriously, you need to finish it. I know. It feels like yesterday that I was just sat downstairs not playing it. See, I well, like I started earlier and... um. I can really remember it. So I think I've played it more times than I thought I had. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. But on the other hand, 13-2, I think I've only played once. So I might do a skip and go straight to two. I have never played. Well, I've played two, never beat it because I just got sick and tired of like the bouncing around between the, the different time eras. And then I couldn't I, stand I love hope. That. It has a Chrono Trigger vibe, so you go back and forth and I mean, things change. Yeah, but it's all done through like a menu-based system. It's all right. But, you know, Hope was like already a really, really whiny character, and they somehow managed to take a terrible character and make him worse. Oh, what's that? <laughs> it's the other microphone thing. <laughs> Form shield. <laughs> um, you know what? I thought Hope was better in the sequel. 
I don't know. He's just so bad. He's so bad. He was bad in 13, though. He was really bad in 30. Maybe the, I was just carrying over my preconceived notions of him. Like, I can't stand this guy. Like, Hope's, Hope's story arc in Final Fantasy thirteen is he's annoyed at Lightning because he thinks she killed his mother. But she didn't. No. So it's entirely pointless. Yeah. Angst. All she, all she had to do was turn around at some point and go, no, I didn't kill your ma. <laughs> Wasn't me. Weren't me, love. Sorry, it was him over there. That one with the chocobo. <laughs> it weren't me, love. <laughs> Wait, me love, was that one over there with the chocobo and his afro? When are we going to get representation for the Geordie culture in a mainstream video game? <laughs> I, I think there's a good call for bringing back the getaway, but set it in Newcastle. Oh, man. Just chavs everywhere. Track suits. Man shouting, at, the bus stop. Man shouting at bus stops. Yeah. R- Dave the Rave. Why are you like? Just go past the rave. Dave the Rave is technically from Sunderland, which is an entirely different place. Yeah, but aren't they like three minutes apart? No, Eric. No, they're not. I don't know. (laughs) Ten minutes? Yeah, maybe twenty. Oh, see, like your culture shift that I drive further to drop my kids off to school. (laughs) Now there's probably about a. 30 minutes in between Sunderland and Newcastle, I think. But there's, a big, ri- there's a big rivalry between the two based oh. around soccer. Football. Football, yes, the football. Boredom is what I prefer to call it. Me too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, soccer fans. Your sport's bad. It is. Um, I was going to say, though, uh, you did you finish Lightning Returns? No, full disclosure, the only, (laughs) the, no, so here's the thing, the, uh, I own two or three copies of the game, of course, two of which are sealed, of course, um, well, one of them's a Target special edition, like, I got it, it's sealed, like, it's not, it's sealed, Dan, like, I have another one that's open. Is it, is it though, or did I open it when I was there? I mean, I maybe, but mm. I really enjoy that game. But it's entirely based off of my experience with it at E3. I played like a 45-minute <laughs> demo of it at E3 and went, wow, this game's really fucking good. Combat's fantastic. Great game. I'm going to buy three copies of it and not play it. And that's exactly what I did. I hate you, Peterson. <laughs> I hate you. I really stopped and thought about that because I really enjoyed the game, but the only memory I have of playing it is standing at the Square Enix booth at E3, talking to right. the dev, going, wow, you guys really made this game not crap. I have a challenge for you this year. I want you to finish 13. I want you to finish 13 too. And I want you to f- play a Lightning Returns and finish it. So you do understand that in like two weeks we get Elden Ring. Yeah, but you've got and then no, actually months. two weeks. Two weeks we get Horizon. Week after that we get Elden Ring, and then at some point we get God of War, and then I've got a ton of Warzone to play. Step away from the Warzone. I can't. You can. I can't. Yes, you can. You just need to go cold turkey. No, I go cold war. I see what you did there. 
Um, yeah. Did you hear apparently that, well, I nope. suppose the biggest news coming out of the past couple of weeks is that Microsoft has bought Activision. I did which, hear that, yes. Which is a pretty big deal. But that in turn has a potential knock-on effect of Call of Duty. Going, I don't uh, think it will. Here's my take well, on that. They've said it won't, but also they said that apparently in the future they're going to completely revamp Warzone and release Warzone 2. Yes. So that, that was my convoluted way of saying that. Yes. But here's my take on that. Everybody was all getting their panties in a twist, thinking, oh my God, Call of Duty's going to be Xbox only. It's possible. It would be a terrible financial decision, like the worst financial decision they could make, because you're basically taking half of your player base and cutting them out. Yeah, they could just license it out to PlayStation and then earn a ton of money off it. So, Well, we're, it's, it's a free-to-play game, and they make absolute gobs of cash in the store. If you look at one of those bundles, it's like 25 bucks for a bundle. So... Yeah, it's it's crazy to me how much those cosmetic packs are and things. I purpose, or I genuinely don't think that they are going to make it exclusive. Um, they may come to Game Pass day one or be like a, a week or two early or something, but I really don't think they're going to make Call of Duty Xbox exclusive. If they do, I, I don't either. If they do, it's going to suck because I don't like playing first person shooters on Xbox. I just, I just don't. I find the the controller not as conducive for FPS games, but I don't, I don't think I've pl- I don't think I've played one recently. Well, apart from oh I yeah, just Halo, in- Halo Infinite. But I just don't enjoy this digital land grab era that we've entered in terms of like let's just buy up as many studios as we can. And Microsoft has always kind of been this way, where yeah, they have some some great first party IPs. But they've always just been in the habit of, oh, we're just going to buy people and like fold them into us instead of like organically create quality IPs. And fortunately, they've changed their tune a little bit because in the past they used to just buy really, really good studios with quality IPs and then just either shut them down or drive them into the ground. Like, look what happened. Like Rare. Yeah, Yeah. look what happened with Rare. But... I think now it's just become, all right, we're just going to buy you, own you, and then you guys just keep doing what you're doing, but only release your stuff on our console. And I perceive it as a really shitty business practice because it's essentially forcing your customer's hand by saying, oh, I see all of that stuff that you really like. And like now, you know, because you're not buying our console, we're going to make you buy our console. And yeah, it's, I, it's, it's, it's a huge publisher who's been developing games for multiple platforms for a very long time. So that's kind of the difference. Like, for example, Sony acquired Insomniac, but Insomniac has been working pretty exclusively with PlayStation for the last few years. So that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Like, but to alienate that entire user base, like if I hadn't bought a Series X, for example, I couldn't p- potentially play the next Crash Bandicoot or yeah. something like that or Spiral the Dragon or whatever other Activision properties are going to come out. Um. So that's, it's just, yeah, it's, Financially, for them to own Activision is a huge coup, but I could. There's two sides to it, and it makes you wonder if their strategy really is down the road to just be a software publisher, but they own all of these other companies, so that whatever they release, like it's just money being funneled back up, and eventually they'll just get to the point like we own all this crap; it's all going to be on Game Pass, so we're going to license out game pass because there were rumors a couple years ago or even last year about 
Game Pass coming to Switch. Yeah, which would be strange and be real strange. Yeah, and uh, from what I've seen of like the Switch's cloud streaming, it's not brilliant. Apparently, oh, the uh, apparently the Kingdom Hearts collection is really bad for that. It's on cloud streaming, but it's really but think bad. about it. You know, we have no idea what Nintendo's next console is going to be. For God's sakes, it should be announced soon. We're at the five year mark for for the Switch. Nintendo's consoles aren't known for being that long of a life cycle. But I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that at some point we see Game Pass on PlayStation. I don't think it would be folded into your PSN subscription. I mean, quite honestly, well, if they said, okay, hey, Xbox Game Pass, let's the purely hypothetical. I'm basing this off literally nothing other than like <laughs> this would be neat to see. But would you pay $60 a year for PSN and then on top of that, another $15 a month for Game Pass on PlayStation? I don't really want to, but the rumor is that PlayStation is developing their own um, basically different version of Game Pass, I think called Project Spartacus. Oh, interesting. So that's going to fold in uh, PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now together into one comprehensive service. And there's going to be... You saw it a few months ago. Can you remember? It was the thing with the three tiers. Where oh, yeah. You get, so rumor has that um, on the top tier, I think you'll get full backward compatibility for older games. Now, does that mean like disc in the system play? Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I haven't heard that to be the case. Or would it be a case of you get digital games, like kind of like games with gold? Or if you own them already, because obviously the PlayStation 3 store was meant to be shutting down, wasn't it? Or was it the Vita store? Vita store was meant to be shutting down and the PSP yeah. store. So yeah. there was a, I was digging through this here and there was a, a, a tweet that came out about 15 days ago, guy said, not to panic anyone, but a PS3 game shouldn't have a price when viewed on a PS5 unless, and it shows all the PS3 Street Fighter games, or Dead or Alive games, sorry, with uh, prices on them, which... Yeah, which implies that something's coming. I mean, usually when multiple journalist outlets are reporting that this is the case, it is pretty true. So, I mean... I think we live in the era now where um, most things in the gaming industry are leaked ahead of time, whether intentionally or not. Uh, right. It's like it's it's very rare we don't know where something's going to happen. I mean, like I remember the day that uh, Final Fantasy VII remake was announced at E3. Like there was posters up at E3 where people were leaking it ahead of time, and then but you always take these things with a grain of salt. And you're like, oh, will it happen? And then it does happen. And so there were your life. Your life is complete. Four four days ago, um, a reliable source for gaming news suggested that Project Spartacus is going to translate to its proper name called PlayStation Infinite. Oh God, they're obsessed Which, with Infinite at the moment, isn't it? Assassin's, yeah. Assassin's Creed Infinity, Halo Infinite, PlayStation Infinite, for God's sake. Right. Just call it the NFT store and be done with it. I'm all in on it. After having Game Pass and, and really like diving into it and enjoying it because in the past it was more or less just like, Oh, this is, this is neat. I'm going to try this game and play it for a little bit. I've shifted my mindset now. It's like, no, I'm actually going to play these games and you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves and say complete them, but I'm going to play these games and you don't, even, you don't even have to open them. It's, it's like a win-win situation. It's brilliant. And then if you love them, you can buy them and you can keep them sealed and you can put them on your sealed shelf. 
Everybody wins. Dan Curtis finally gets it. It's not insane at all. Usually, see, this is an educational trick. Once you you don't give the kids the answer, you guide them to find it on their own so that when they find it and come to that conclusion on their own, they feel more proud of themselves because they came to the conclusion. Okay, Grandpa. But you get it, Dan. You finally get it. By your own admission, you finally get it. That may have been laced with a tinge of sarcasm. Oh, see, the Jordy sarcasm doesn't come through. Okay. I thought yeah. it did. Yeah. You've known me long enough. <laughs> Should know by now. But uh, speaking of the Game Pass this week, sir, you, Eric Peterson, have been playing a lovely little game on Game Pass, which came out recently by yes. Drinkbox Studios, who uh, you may be familiar with for making Guacamelee 1 and I 2. Have, I have been, uh, and I finished it last night. A uh, little game called Nobody Saves the World. And I would make a joke about nobody telling us about this, but I don't want to hurt Tom's feelings because he did tell us about it. <laughs> he did. Uh, I'm pleased he did as well. I started playing it before him, but in a really rare situation, he has beat it before I have. I've marked my calendars. I've set a holiday. I've I've actually registered it as a holiday. Have <laughs> you? Well done. I'm and I'm going to celebrate it every year by buying another sealed game. That's how you celebrate Dan Curtis Day. That's the worst way to celebrate my day. Yeah, you see, it's a it's a reverse celebration thing. It's like a oh. piss off abrasion. No, I don't get it. You'll have to lead me in with a question thing again. Hopefully, I'll understand it in six years time. No, see, like that's a that's the long game. It takes years it took me 10 years to get you to realize that one either i'm really that's why i said six years time i'm giving myself a bit of time either i'm a really bad teacher or you're a really bad student (laughs) you are a really bad teacher that's why you got out of it (laughs) i've seen the i've seen the things you kids used to give you (laughs) i should clarify that was like notes saying you're really good at call of duty and stuff like that (laughs) 2.16 2.16 KDR on sub-base. You're pretty good at Call of Duty. Yep, that's what actual children in his class wrote on a appraisal form for him. Hey, you gotta connect with kids with where they're at. And at that point, it was Modern Warfare 2. And it nowadays, might be again later this year when it comes out again. Nowadays, I would probably get fired for even playing a game at all with the student. Imagine if you went back to teaching with this podcast out there. I couldn't. (laughs) Cancelled! So, yeah, tell us more about Nobody Saves the World. What a gem. What an absolute gem. When I first started playing it, I didn't get the impression it was going to be as long as it was. So it's a a top-down... I'm going to call it a dungeon crawler because it's essentially what it is. It's a top-down... Uh, flash animation style dungeon crawler where you play as a wizard who's lost all his memories and you um, wake up not knowing anything that's going on and there's this crazy guy named Randy the Rad who's who you perceive to be as like the top wizard of the land and this calamity has befallen the, the island and he's trying to figure out why. So you steal a wand that allows you to shapeshift and that's the core mechanic of the game is you unlock different forms 
like a rat or a horse or a, a zombie mermaid or a zombie or a magician, um, a robot, a necromancer. There's 15 or 20 different forms that you can unlock. And then you go around the land clearing dungeons, fighting enemies, doing little mini side quests and leveling up your characters to unlock new skills. And it's a really satisfying gameplay loop because you st- each character starts off on level F and then they go from F to D to C to B to A. And as you unlock each level, more skills and then more more missions for each character unlock. And then they start to like cross bleed where you can take the skills from one character and put it onto a different one. So if one character does like uh, lightning damage and the other person does dark, one of the person's missions might be like cause a bunch of damage using light. So you have to go find the character that does light damage, pull their skill over into this one. So you can really build some super customized characters, but it's just goofy. Like through and through the game is hilariously goofy from it's not voice acted, but just the dialogue character animations the enemies are really varied the land itself is really funny very satisfying game and i got through the first major dungeon and went oh this is you know this would be a neat little four or five hour jaunt it took me 20 hours to beat it and i did like 70 percent of the stuff in it well you need to go back and finish it off soon i thought about it but unfortunately once i know like yeah, once when the gets credits my... when the credits have rolled you don't know even game, before yeah. that so even before that once I know that I'm near the end of the game, like something switches in my brain. It's like, okay, time to finish. See, it's the exact opposite for me when I know that a final mission is looming and then I get that message saying, are you sure you want to do this final mission before you do everything else? I'm like, no, son. No, I do not. And then no. I will bugger off into the distance and I will complete all of those side quests. I don't care if a meteor is coming down to wipe out the world or anything like that. I am going to go and breed a gold chocobo. I am going to get Knights of the Round before I go and save the world. Okay? That's how I am. It's never going to change. <laughs> yeah, everybody's different, Dan. Everyone like, is different. Yes, they are. And we need to embrace our differences. Uh. I sort of, I don't know if I did myself a disservice or if I did myself a service, but there is a final form that you can unlock that requires a lot of effort to get. It's a, it's a dragon. So you can become an egg and you have to travel around the land and find five nests and they're really, really hidden. And when you land on all the nests, then your egg unlocks and it allows you to unlock the dragon. But to unlock the dragon, then you need to get all the way up the tier on each side to the top character and get them to level A so that the dragon unlocks and he's the final form and the strongest in the game. Not only did I unlock him, I then went and leveled him all the way up to S rank about halfway through the game. So I just ran the train on the rest of the game. It just was not very difficult whatsoever. Yeah, I kind of, with these kind of games where you have these kind of gameplay loops where you level up and stuff, once you get to the top, that's generally the point when I would stop. Like, if a mm-hmm. game has a level cap, I don't want to play it anymore because I don't feel like I'm gaining anything anymore. Yeah. And that's just why I kind of wish more games would embrace having, like, infinite level caps. Right. Or, well, like, or, or make the leveling process slower so it lasts longer. This one's a little different because each of the characters does inherently have different natural abilities. Like the dragon, he can break the sharp wards. And sometimes you go into a dungeon and everybody's got a dark ward or a a uh, buff, uh, not buff, a, a strength ward that you need to break. 
So you either build out a character that can address all of those or you're constantly bouncing back and forth. And all of the characters are really fun to play with their different abilities. So um, I don't see that being a concern. But yeah, the dragon's just so powerful because he flies over the water. So you don't need to worry about switching to a swimming character. And he just he's got great AOE, really, really high health. And if you build the right class, you can put little perks on there where like 8% of the damage that you deal is returned to you as health and 4% of the damage that you take is returned to you as mana. So you're as long as you're doing damage and taking damage, you're being healed and regenerating your mana. So it's just constantly full. It's it's just a great game. I'm having a lot of fun with it as well. I need to get back to it and finish it. I've just We did a little bit it. of online co-op with it too, and that was a ton of fun. It is. The only reason we stopped is because I was kind of a bit further behind and I wanted to do the side quest stuff myself because yeah, uh, I, I don't think it carries over progression between the two. I don't think so. so I think New Game Plus playing together would be a ton of fun once we've beaten Oh, yeah. We could potentially do that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's really good to see a studio branching out because obviously Guacamole are basically 2D Metroidvanias. Um, and for them to branch out into a dungeon crawler, like isometric view, is really interesting. And it's really paid off for them. The music, so. too, is just incredible. It's so catchy. I've been walking around humming it. My girls loved watching me play it. They've been humming it. Um, it it's just a fun game. It came out of nowhere. And Eight. I had really no intention of sinking as much time into it as I did. But I'd get home and sit down. And be like ah, I'm just going to pop this on. And two hours later, there we are. Yeah, I mean, how much fun did we have uh, last week? Was it last week we were playing games together? We were playing um, totally, totally reliable re- deli- delivery yeah. service. Like, honestly, if you've never played or played or even heard of this game, let me tell you about it. Because totally reliable delivery service is basically like um, Gang Beasts, uh, where your characters are purposely really difficult to control, and it's all based around physics. And you set off in this open world, and you have to deliver packages the best way you can, but just hilarity ensues because it's so funny. But you have like, to get the packages there without damaging them very much. And so damage and speed affect how much you get paid for it. Yeah, so. but like I, the first time we played, we all played it together and uh, we were all trying to get in this helicopter and we all, like I was clinging onto the rudder or something and then somebody else was on the controls and we couldn't figure out how to control this helicopter and we just all crashed into the ground and it exploded. And we, I, Honestly, I had tears in my eyes for about 20 minutes because it's just so ridiculous, but it's so fun. I didn't think that it would be as funny playing it the second time, but it was even funnier. I know. I could hear your girls in the background like absolutely laughing their heads off at it as oh, well because it was just so stupid. Because every vehicle has one control knob and your arms are controlled by L and R, but then you can raise them using triangles. So it's this weird balance of like trying to control a marionette with three buttons and all the control all the vehicles are extremely difficult to control like you you have a, a a cart that's like a reliant robin with one wheel in the front and if you turn too fast it flips over and everything goes spilling out or a truck with a trailer that isn't quite well attached and airplanes helicopters we found a rocket ship we did we found a arena where you can play rocket league as well which yep. is interesting but it's a really brilliant bad physics. Game. It's yeah. so fun. Again, another Game Pass special, which we probably never would have tried. Right. Um, but on, I, I, I went, I booted it up, not knowing what the hell it was, and I had the most fun I'd had in ages playing a multiplayer game. It was just absolutely hilarious. 
yeah, it's a it's a real gem. Um, other than that, I obviously been playing Warzone, um, but I booted up Horizon again to play through that. And I need your take on this because you know my gaming tendencies. I really want to have Horizon. I mean, I've beaten Horizon in the past. Full disclosure, I didn't play it properly. Yep, if only you could level up weapons. I hope they put. <laughs> I hope they put that in the sequel, man. I, mean, I don't know why they didn't include it in the first. Really, game. a missed opportunity. Like big oversight that, like, don't know no why it kidding. wasn't there. So, I'm of two minds here. I really want to finish this before the new game comes out, mainly because I want to experience Frozen Wilds. But I also just want to refresh myself on the story. However, I'm afraid that if I were to like really launch into it and try to beat it. It's a long game. It's like 30, 40 hours, isn't it? Uh, um, yes, it's definitely a long one. I'm afraid that I would be burned out on the Horizon formula by the time that Forbidden West comes out, and I really wouldn't want to play it. See, because you finished it before, I would say you might get away with it because you need to. You probably need to know the storyline development of the first one to effectively enjoy the second one because there's a yeah. lot happens in horizon i honestly think it's one of the best sci-fi stories that's came out in recent memory oh for sure i it's one of the only games where i ever went and collected all the audio logs and then listened to them mm. i mean i don't do that very often on games either no. yeah i'm like the only hey, other one i can think of that i've done that on is bioshock mm. I, i'm quite i quite like looking at lore on mass effect actually because there's quite a it's in very in-depth game. I used to go through and read all of the books from Morrowind. But oh my god. I know. Wow. I loved that game. But nowadays yeah, that requires I reading. Did. I know. I I think I probably did on Oblivion as well. Yeah. Oh, yes. And probably Skyrim. Have you fired up Oblivion on your Series X yet? 4K60? No. I, ca- I, ca- I can't do it. I can't. It's dangerous. Every time I touch mm. that game, it's like, and here we go. As soon as I start jumping around and that acrobatic skill starts going up, I know I'm going to be hooked. Yep. That's all, that's all I need. My sister has, I, I'm assuming, some form of PTSD from listening to that the Morrowind thump, thump, thump. Because when I would stay at my mom's house, I'd, I'd crash in the living room and that was right by her bedroom and I would be playing that and just thump, thump all the time yeah. uh, apparently um elder Scrolls 6 is still in pre-production so god knows when the hell that's going to come out i don't know what they've been doing so i've only had 11 years i don't know making broken fallout games yeah and uh well starfield's meant to come out this november as well and we we haven't even seen that game yet we've seen a cgi trailer but we haven't seen the game you know that's not coming out in november like i mean just- i would i would say that is probably going to be true but I think if it, March, do, if it does, how broken will it be? Is the question. <laughs> I think March of next year is a more realistic expectation of that game. Mm. I wonder if we finally get the next gen patch for Cyberpunk this year. <laughs> like, no. I, I honestly, I honestly think with Cyberpunk, right? If they just went last year and they went right, sorry, this isn't this isn't ready. We're going to wait until it's done, and then it came out, and it would have been absolutely critically acclaimed. But I think the damage has been done now. Yeah, I have kind of like fully lost interest. I know that Tom was all in on it and it was one of his games of the year, but I think it was like second on his list or something. Yeah, it was pretty high. 
I mean, I've started it, but I kind of, it was very janky and I think something else came out. So I, I dismissed it and I was like, I'll wait for the next gen patch to give it a proper, a proper, a proper world. Maybe they're just like, let's just not address this and maybe everyone will forget. <laughs> or they're waiting for somebody else to release a game that's even more broken. Yeah. They're probably just going to push, well, they're making The Witcher 3 um, patch, aren't they, for next gen as well. So they'll push that out and like, oh, look at this instead. <laughs> Finish a game that's not done yet. Yeah. So, um, I I think I've already thanked you on the show for buying me um, Final Fantasy Theatre Rhythm. Oh, yes. How is it? Oh, I love it. Is it so a good, good bedtime game? Or you don't play games in bed, do you? Not really, no. But um, I just booted up when I've got some time. Uh, I was uh, I was sat waiting in the car for Crystal while she was at like a appointment yesterday. And I uh, just played her for an hour. And so good. Do you do stylus just, or button mode? Stylus. Good. Good man. It just feels like, with particularly when you're on the field stages where it's, you've got the slider, I think that's more fun. Just, yeah, it just feels better. Um, but yeah, it's just a really fun game. I, I, I said so to you on WhatsApp. Songs. There is a lot of songs, but I, I, I said to you on WhatsApp, I feel it's a missed opportunity to have a proper storyline in it as well. Yeah. It should be like a proper quest. Like, there is a quest mode, but it's basically just going song to song without any storyline development or anything like that. Yeah, but it's, it's, like re- feel, it's, it's like, really addictive. It's like field mode, battle, field mode, boss battle. Mm. And they're not really yeah. quests, but it's the only way to get those certain crystals. And I, re- I do really enjoy it, but I just feel like that's a missed opportunity. And also, why is this game not on Switch? It'd be perfect for it. I can't understand why it's not. Like, yeah. it would be absolutely perfect for Switch. Did you know that they did a Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest? Did they? Yes. I don't know that it ever came out in the United States, though. Like, with just Dragon Quest music? Mm-hmm. Theater Rhythm. Yeah, I, I don't think Dragon Quest has got enough mainstream appeal over here to, for people to buy it. What is this? There's one called Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy All-Star Carnival. Is that? Whoa. I don't actually I don't know if it's released in the States here. I'll have to look. Just talk among yourself, everybody. Oh yeah, it's just me. Can't. Yeah. Huh. Theater Rhythm yeah. Dragon. I think there's a Dragon Quest one. Oh, it's an arcade game. Oh, the All Star Carnival? Yes. An arcade okay. game, Theater Rhythm Final Fantasy All-Star Carnival, was released in 2016. Oh, that's right. There is there is a uh, arcade in Tucson that has it. Yeah, Theater Rhythm Dragon Quest, released on March 26th of... And it's only in Japan. God dang it. Which makes sense. I mean, Dragon Quest, while popular, is definitely not as popular over here. That's literally what I just said, but yes, you're right. <laughs> I didn't hear you say it because I was reading something, so I'm I know, sorry. I know you. I know you can't do two things at once. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dan. So you should be. I'm sorry. <laughs> you look so sad. Leave me alone. <laughs> um. So I want to talk briefly as well about. So I got Mass Effect Legendary Edition for Christmas, oh! and. I've been holding off on playing this because I know that is a time sink and a half playing three Mass Effect games. And I had every intention of playing all three Mass Effect games, but I started on Mass Effect 1 
And about two hours into Mass Effect 1, I went, you know what? Don't want to play this anymore. Because it is rough. It's rough, my friends. Rough as a badger's arsehole. Ooh. I think that's rough. (laughs) What? How do you know that's rough? It's a a sport in the north. Just don't ask. Badger's (laughs) asshole is a sport? (laughs) Touchy then. (laughs) Who can get the closest? Um... (laughs) What do you touch it with? Just let's, Let's not sticks um yeah but the first honestly the first mass effect is honestly it's so bad now it just doesn't play well compared to two and three it was always a very different game but i've always been of the opinion it wasn't as different as other people make it out to be but after playing it again i can't confirm it is really different it's a shooter but kind of more rpg so like when you're shooting at things it doesn't feel like a shooter Hmm. it just feels like kind of everything doesn't gel very well and the animations are terrible isn't what's the what's the vehicle that you have to take down to the planet doesn't that control like absolute ass the Mirko. now it does control better in legendary edition but i just um, remember when i lived with with ben that game had come out. We were both working at GameStop. I had no interest in it, but watching them play it and just bitch about how bad the controls were for the Mako, like, oh, well, this is this is great. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you have to routinely drive up cliff faces in it and stuff, and it's just not made for it. And then gravity happens, and you fall backwards, and then you before you know what, you're back at the bottom of the mountain. It awesome. has a boost. It has a boost now, though, on the new version, which oh. it didn't have in the original, so that helps. Well, that ruins the artistic vision. It does. But honestly, like, some of the animations are hilarious. So a lot of the characters have a tendency to, when they're finished a conversation, they will move to the side, but they do this kind of really shifty, so they're staring at you, <laughs> and then they look to the side, and then they'll just kind of shuffle off like a crab. <laughs> so funny. They'll just scuttle away. It's like, if it happens all the time. And, I, I guess this yeah. I guess conversation is done. So, from a storyline standpoint, I'm very familiar with the Mass Effect series, but I kind of feel like I'm missing a lot of it by missing Mass Effect 1. But at the same time, it's just, I was slogging through it and I was like, I don't want to keep playing this. Isn't the story all entirely irrelevant based on what happens at the end of 3? Hey, you know this decade of history you have with the game and these characters and all this decision and all this build-up? Middle finger! Yeah, but I don't think the ending's as bad as people make it out to be. I don't know what the ending is. I don't see how they could incorporate everything that happened into a cohesive ending that would make everybody happy. I mean, everyone yes, dies. The, it's just the go-to ending all the time. Everyone dies. Just yeah, then the spaceship at the end, perfectly plausible in Mass Effect actually. Is perfectly plausible. I mean, it would not be out of place <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> but I um so anyway, I abandoned Mass Effect 1, moved on to Mass Effect 2 and talk about night and day difference between games. Mass Effect 2 to this day is still absolutely superb it is incredible another game that i got right to the end and then stopped yeah yeah i hate right you. to the final jump gate and they're like all right master chloe's butt shepherd <laughs> should we go you and just, i went eh, eject disc you need to play it again because the character development in that game is incredible it's so good like all of the characters just add to it so much and it has so much depth and 
the gameplay is tighter and they don't do weird animations and scuttle to the side anymore. <laughs> Didn't they change a lot of the gratuitous visuals? Yes. Uh, the, so the character Miranda is basically overly sexualized in Mass Effect 2 and there's a very iconic shot where it just lingers on her backside for two longs. They cut that out, apparently. Oh. Yeah. oh. It is what it is. I know. Goes against the artistic vision. Move with the times and all that, but... Right. <laughs> yeah. Um but honest honestly, like I am absolutely loving it. I've been sucked right in. Like the Mass Effect series for me is a series which has such incredible world building. It's the the way it's thought out and everything about it is so clever. I need to go back and play it because there was I don't remember what the actual deal was, but when I was doing the Manating podcast with Matt, um Kevin and Oliver Mass Effect 2 had come out recently and I hadn't played it so I think the deal was Oliver had never played a Mega Man game so I told him he needs to play Mega Man 2 and I will play Mass Effect 2 to completion and I went out and bought it but um slightly different length of games quite yeah well you know he never finished Mega Man 2 so uh we're both I have I have but funny enough throwback oliver is actually in arizona right now so we're going to be getting together here pretty soon he was on one of our episodes when we first did metal gear salad a long time ago but anyway um i yeah i need to go back and play it i did enjoy my time as much crap as i gave it it was more or less just like out of out of jest um to kind of get under your skin i did enjoy it it was it was good fun but it's just such a time commitment it is, and you've got to fit it in between completing the Final Fantasy Thirteen trilogy as well. So, Dude, you know. there is no way. <laughs> there is no way I am beating 13-2. It's just not going to happen. Well, at least try Lightning Returns. I think you'll love Lightning Returns. Yeah, I probably I, will. I, I know you've played 45 minutes of it, but kind of, it's a very unique entry in the Final Fantasy pantheon. Does Lightning come back? She does. It really bothers me how that game is not called Final Fantasy 13-3. Yeah. If you heard, apparently the rumor at the moment is that they're potentially going to make 10-3. I could be down with that. Yeah. I could really be down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Titus will come back. Like, actually, instead of alluding to him coming back the entire time for 10-2. He did come back. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Uh-uh. No, he definitely did. I've seen the end. <laughs> you have. probably haven't. You probably got to the last boss and stopped. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Oh, for God's sake. Right, that's it. I'm done. Sod the new microphone set up. That's it. I'm leaving in disgust, for God's sake. We found it. We finally found a way to get him out. Yeah. So it's down to me and I, Tom. I, I will full disclaimer. It's optional that he comes back. Oh, see, so maybe I did beat it and then didn't get him back. Yes, you have to ha- hammer an X when Yuna's in the far plane, and then uh, somebody whistles, and then the Faith goes, "How would you like to see him again?" Because they can't <laughs> say his name because he's the only character in Final Fantasy X who you, c- you have to name, and therefore they can't say his name. So dumb. And then you can say yes, or you can say no. He's an idiot, and then he never appears again. But if you do, then he'll appear at the end in Besid, 
spoilers. And then if you get 100% completion, you get another bonus scene when him and Yuna are at Zanakand and discuss whether he's real or not. Yeah, see, he's not actually real. Maybe no, Yuna's maybe Yuna's got COVID and it's a fever dream or something. <laughs> Final Fantasy ten three COVID takes over. Your thought sin was bad. Wait until you Wait see people you get- at the shops wearing not wearing the mask properly. Wait till you uh, get COVID without a booster. I, I, I could be down with exploring more of Spira, though. There's got to be more. As long as they just get rid of Blitzball. Like if they oh, open I... up that game, like just open up the game with a scene where, uh, what's his name, Headmaster Seymour comes out and says, you know what? This sport's shit. We're going to outlaw it in the entire world. Headmaster and then, Seymour. Is that his name? That's you confusing Final Fantasy VIII and Final Fantasy X, first of all. There's no headmaster. Well, what's it? It's Seymour, the dude with like the goofy curly hair. Oh, it's Grand Master Seymour. I was close. So, so then, I, I was... then they have like a five minute scene where like the military goes around to all of these Blitzball domes and like they're just like going and kicking doors into the locker rooms, grabbing all the, the Blitzballs and like stabbing them with knives and just popping all of them. Oh, that would be the they, best way. They could say they're against uh, Yevon or New Yevon or whatever it is. After yeah, Pinter. yeah, they could blame something to do with with Machina and. I mean, a shame that Seymour's dead and been sent to the far plane, like. But you know, you know, if he if if Titus or Tom or whatever his name is can come back, then you know who's to say <laughs> that Seymour can't and he can enlist the entire power of the whole world's military to rid the planet of the scourge that is Blitzball. Well, I don't know if you're aware, but Final Fantasy X-2 technically does have a sort of pseudo-sequel already. Um, they made an audio drama, which completes, which uh, makes the story go on further. Ooh. So whether that is actually canon Ooh. or not, I don't know. But uh, I like so yeah, cannons. You do? You like to straddle them? I like cannons. But uh, that continues on the story. But um, so I was thinking about Final Fantasy X the other day. So spoilers for the end. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Actual Tom or character Tom? Uh, both. Oh. Uh, but so the last boss of Final Fantasy X is incredibly underwhelming. Very right? gigantic yeah. orb. Big. So what I, what I don't goiter. understand now that I because this came off playing theater rhythm funny enough because it had the theme for when you fight seymour for the last time in final fantasy 10 headmaster seymour yes headmaster seymour (laughs) which you you fight him at the beginning of when you go into sin at the end the game's final dungeon so what i don't understand because they've built him up as the villain for the entire thing why didn't they just have that fight at the end and have him be possessed by you yevon and then have him as the final boss that would have been amazing Huh? You know what I mean. Shut up. <laughs> Everybody else knows what I mean. I'm talking sense. No, they I dem- don't. I demand this game be remade. Sin uh, is jacked. There you go. Is. Spoilers. Game's been out for 20 years. Get over it. <laughs> I got loads of shit when I spoiled it for Tom. He was so upset because he was like finally chugging through that game. He went, well, fuck it. Done. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I've bought quite a few games this past couple weeks. Standard? 
It's been a while. It's honestly been a while since I've gone through and bought anything, but we are in the process of moving and purging. I sold a bunch of stuff. Like It's nice to be in this mindset of like, I don't need this anymore. I'm just going to get rid of it. So I've been selling stuff and then I just take that cash and instead of saving it, I just went and bought games. But I have you ever played the Kingdom Under Fire series? Nope. It was an old X. The first one, uh, God, what was it called? A War, A War of Heroes, I think was the first one on PC back in 2001. And then there was Kingdom Under Fire, the Crusaders for Xbox. And it's a really neat like action slash strategy game. So it's very similar to Dynasty Warriors mixed with an RTS, but you're controlling like large swaths of medieval soldiers. Really, really neat game. And it went on to Kingdom Under Fire Heroes, which was eh, okay. And then the Xbox 360 Circle of Doom went like super hardcore action-based, more dungeon crawler style. And then Kingdom Under Fire 2 was a mass supposed to be massively multiplayer online game and then got shut down. So I picked up Kingdom Under Fire Heroes and then Circle of Doom, which I never played. Uh, I picked up a 3DS game. Have you ever played Zelda Triforce Heroes? Um, I don't think I have, no. I forgot that it's a multiplayer, primarily a multiplayer game. You can play it single player, but it's 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 kind of like um, Four Sword Adventures where you play and go through dungeons with other characters and the puzzles are designed to have multiple people with. This one is three characters and you can play through individually, but then you have to move all the characters around yourself by like bouncing between. But you go through, I think it's like 21 or 22 of the most popular dungeons throughout the Zelda series. And um, I'm kind of disappointed because I was excited to play that, but I don't have any friends. I don't have any friends to play it with. I would play it with you, but I don't own it. So I can't. Tom has been pestering me for a long, long, long time to pick up a game called Catherine Full Body on PS4. So I snagged that. I've always been looking at that and thought, would I enjoy it? I don't know. I don't like I had to have some pretty long conversations with Tom about like, is this right for me? Should I be playing this? And took a punt on it. So I'm I'm excited. It's critically renowned. It's supposedly a great game. What he said was really cool was at the end of the game, or I think it was either at the end of the game or after certain points, it'll give you a breakdown of how other people throughout the world who've played this game responded to different scenarios. Yes or no, or like what choice they made. And then if it's male or female, how that stacked up. So don't know if I'll get to it, but eventually I want to. I picked up for, I don't know why I've gotten it in my head that I want to collect the Lost Planet games. So I finally picked up Lost Planet 1 and 2. I wanted to get them on PS3, but couldn't find them or at least find them in decent condition. So I, I settled for the uh, Xbox version, which is, is, is probably th- for the better. Is there three Lost Planet games? Mm-hmm. Is there? Yeah. I've pl- I think I've played two and three. And maybe one. I don't actually I don't know. They're, they're pretty cool. I remember there being a lot of hype around them back in the day. Yeah, the, the cover of Lost Planet 3 looks like it's got I think it looks like Joel from Last of Us. But I don't think I've ever played them. It's a third person shooter game. I, I always confuse Lost Planet with Dead Space because they just seem very similar. I've definitely played the first one. I remember that box art. 
Yeah. Not, it's the, not the great. Second, the second one, because the first one's set on an icy planet, I'm sure on the second one, second one, the ice melts and it's all jungly. Oh. I might throw Lost Planet on for the show this year. Well, that's not a bad idea. You know, I would quite like to replay that. Surely they're on Xbox back compatibility, right? There was just a huge back compat sale going on when you bought Binary Domain. If it's still on, Lost Planet 1, 2, and 3 are all on there for like $3 each. I think I've got them, though. I think I do actually own them somewhere. I don't think that you can put them in the system for backwards compatibility, though. You sure? I'm sure you can. I don't. You'd have to look. I know that binary domain was not backwards compatible. Really? Mm-hmm. Even though you could buy it digitally, you can't put the disc in to play it. Mm. Unless that's changed or the document that I found was wrong. So I picked that up. Uh, did you remember an old PS2 Newgrounds game that came out called Alien Hominid? Don't remember that one, no. Oh, look up Alien Hominid, dude. It's really cool. You remember the Newgrounds website, right? Nope. Had a bunch of Flash animation style games. It was like the pioneer of Flash animation games. And this was one of the earlier instances of one of those games going mainstream when you couldn't just publish your game to a video game console. You had to be part of a major publisher. The the indie scene did not exist in the PS2 days, but they basically took Alien Hominid and made it into a full console game. It's it's kind of like a beat-em-up, side-scrolling shmup um, with flash animation graphics really really cool game not not really expensive but very hard to find yeah look i've never heard of that ever and then i finally finally found on ps2 the taiko drum master game with the drum i i saw this in japan and i wanted to give it a go and completely forgot about it. there was some japanese people playing it and they were just insanely good at it oh with the, the arcade machine with a big drum yeah, Tom and I were playing that in London together. and Man, it's fun. It's so much fun. But I'll tell you what, have you have you played Donkey Konga? No, I've never played that either, actually. Exact same game. Literally the same game, except instead of having two bongos, it's one drum. You hit it, there's there's four buttons. So that if you picture the circle, cut it in half, each side is a button and then the side of the drum is a button as well. And I consider myself to be very rhythmic. Um, I can keep beat. I can play instruments. This game, I cannot wrap my head around. I just can't do it. It's so fast. I sent you and Tom a video of what one of the songs is like on Extreme. I just can't do it. It's so freaking fast. And I used to be able to play uh, Guitar Hero games on Extreme mode. No problem whatsoever. Just can't yeah, do this. Yeah, but you've got to build yourself up to it. You can't just chuck yourself straight into Extreme. The other problem that I have with it, though, is like, so you can play it with a controller or you can play it with the drum. And if even if you're playing it perfectly, you're hitting all the notes just right. It just doesn't match the beat of the song. It sounds really bad. Mm, you know, with guitar. Yeah, guitar here. Like, oh, OK, this sounds like what I'm doing. But you know, you're hitting a drum. There should be some rhythm and it's just not there. But the music for the the one that came out on. 360 i think it's i don't know if it's the same game but as i was cycling through i didn't see some of the songs that were on the ps2 version so great little game i'm really bad at it like unbelievably bad so the one that's on game pass can you only use the controller for that yeah there's no 360 there's no series x drum that's a shame i know i'll still try it though i i honestly like i forget how much i enjoy rhythm games until i start playing them give it a give it a shot they had the tail they have a bunch of not a 
a, maybe it's one or two songs from Tales from Arise. Like the battle theme is on there. Oh, there's another game to add to your list for this year. Play that. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Come you on. Love man. an RPG. Squeeze one I in. Stop love... playing Warzone. Huh? If you could take away the hundred plus hours you put into Warzone every year. Oh, Dan, it's more than that. How many was it last year? Five hundred. That's ridiculous. That's that's just Warzone. Like that doesn't include Vanguard, Cold War, the multiplayer. It's just it's just Warzone. It's ridiculous. I played a lot of it. I know you do, and you're missing out on playing other games because of it. It's a social aspect of things, Dan. No, it isn't. You just love it. I do. I do. I do. So, anything yeah, else? I, I have not I've not picked up any games. The only thing, I'm just waiting on Horizon and Elden Ring. What That's is coming out soon? Uh, Dying Light 2 comes out in five days. What's that? The sequel to Dying Light. What's that? Basically Dead Island <laughs> with more parkour. Oh. You had me at Dead Island. We used to have loads of fun with Dead Island. It gets a lot of flack, but I think it was a canny game. Are you going to pick up uh, Pokemon Arceus? No. So I saw somebody on IGN's review of it and put, this looks like a nice proof of concept for a game, but I'll wait for a sequel. And that's how I feel about it. Because, yes, it looks... Apparently it revolutionizes the Pokemon formula in a really good way, but that game looks rough. Yeah, like, that's what I was really intrigued by because I've, like I've said before, I really like Pokemon. Can't stand Pokemon games. Yeah, I mean, it, but they did say like gameplay wise, it is completely what the series needs. It's just they've made a really, really big, really, really bland open world. Okay. Whereas it looks somehow worse than Breath of the Wild did five years ago. Ugh. And Breath of the Wild looked great. So Ugh. it's just. It looks bland in the trees and the textures. And apparently if you're flying overhead, for example, the Pokemon below you will be running at such a slow frame rate that they're doing like kind of stop motion animation. It's oh. it's a game I wanted to be really excited about. And I think if we had new Nintendo hardware that could run it properly and yeah. they delivered on that promise, then I would be a lot more excited for it. When it was first announced, I was all in. I was like, oh, this looks exactly what I want from Pokemon. Like, the dream has always been to have, like, an open-world Pokemon game. They kind of flirted with the idea in Sword and Shield, but didn't go all in. Bait and switch. And I just feel like it's a missed opportunity. I feel like if they had better hardware, they could have made something a lot better. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's plenty of stuff to keep us busy this year. Plenty. Yeah, Are I you mean, buying there's... both for Horizon and Elden Ring when they come out? Yes, I have them both pre-ordered. I know I said I wouldn't buy new games when they come out. I was just out, listening but... to that episode. But there is... So the RRP is £70, but it's very rare they actually are. I think yeah. I got Elden Ring for like 45 Which still Pre-order... averages out to the $60 American. Yeah, but that's good for over here, so I'm happy with that. Uh, I pre-ordered that months ago. I've had it pre-ordered ever since it was available for pre-order. Oh, jeez. I am so excited for that game. I honestly think, I'm saying it right now, on the record, on the podcast, that game will revolutionize the From Software formula. I really think it will. Oh, very uh, likely. 
I think it'll be. I think it's going to be like a Breath of the Wild moment where it incorp it kind of elevates it to the next level. I really do. Everything I've seen about it just looks incredible. I've gone completely black on it. I just don't want to see anything else until it comes out. I tried to, but I got asked to write an article about it, so I had to look into it a bit more, and I watched some of the trailers more, and I am so hyped and it's unbelievable. <laughs> kind of like we were when Skyrim came out. Yeah, and I when Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, that's I'm probably not at that level, but I'm... Like, it's nice to have a game to look forward to, and I'm yeah. really looking her- forward to Horizon as well. It's just unfortunate that they're both coming out at the same time. Pretty much. Yeah, we should have had Elden Ring by now. Yeah, but I'm, I'm glad they pushed it back, just give it that extra bit of polish. Yeah, well, they're still yeah. doing a gigantic day one patch. Are they? Yeah. There's an article, like, it's gone gold! Now the team can start working on the patch. I'm like, oh, so it's not done. They never are nowadays, are they? No, they are not. No, they are not. Um, Dan. Hello, good sir. How are you? I'm good. Well, I was good until now. <laughs> right. What happened? We have to talk about Enter the Matrix. <laughs> Who picked this? You! I didn't. I wanted to play Path of Neo. The hell you did. Of course I did. I always want to play the sequel. You picked this. Maybe it was Tom. Let's blame Tom. He's not here to defend himself. Tom picked this. Yeah, Tom, what are you doing? God. I Can so, we... <laughs> if you could tell by Eric's tone of voice, he didn't really like Enter the Matrix very much. He may or may not have been bitching about it for the past month. I'm not alone in that. Yeah, it's not very good, is it? <laughs> Dan, it's not good. Like, at all. I started my day today. I woke up in a great mood. Made a huge pot of coffee. Poured it into my cup with a ton of creamer. And promptly threw this game away. He actually did. He put these on this in a video if you want to see it. It's on Instagram and on the community and everything, so... <laughs> it- I'm just going to get this out of the way before, like, we'll actually talk about it and share why. But I was scrolling back through. We've been doing this for almost 10 years now. This August? Is it? August or sometime this fall is the 10-year mark of Factory Sealed. This is the worst game we have ever played on this show. And we've played some shit. That is controversial. It is, but... It's true. I don't know. I think there's been worse. Tell me one game that we've played that's been worse than this. Sorry, Santos. Dot hack infection. No. And I will argue that because you finished it. There was content to it. It wasn't good content, but there was things to do. They weren't fun, but it was things to do. And the world felt somewhat engaging. This game has none of that. And you finished it. That was like a 20-hour game, 23-hour game. You finished it. Yeah, it was difficult. This is like a five-hour game, and neither of us finished it. Well, that's enough for lack of trying. It's just the game was fighting back at me at every corner. I, I, 
I genuinely can't think of a uh, of a game worse than this that we've played on this show. Answers on a postcard, people. Um, <laughs> I can't think of one. Um, but yeah, um, we'll get we'll get into more what it's about. But for those who are unfamiliar, Enter the Matrix came out in two thousand and three. So it's an action adventure third person game set in the world of the Matrix. And it's actually designed to run as alongside the Matrix Reloaded. So what happened with the game is it actually includes over an hour of footage, which was directed by the Wachowskis, the directors of the Matrix. And it features um, Jada Pinkett Smith and some other dude, his Niobian ghost, who are the main characters. But there's actual footage, like movie footage in this game. Yep, live action. Which is, for Matrix fans, I suppose, was the big seller of it. It's bad. It's really, really, really bad. Like, you'd think that, at the time, Matrix was one of the largest movie franchises on the planet. Great acting. Well, acting. And really good cinematics. Good direction. So you'd think that that would translate into what they're trying to do here. But it honestly, it honestly felt like some high schoolers with a handy cam in a bedroom. You see that, but they spent a lot of money on this game. Spent 20 million on this. Whoo! Feel bad for the investors. At the time, in 1999, when this came out, it was the most expensive video game ever made. This came out in 2003. Oh, sorry. Um... Yeah, the same Shenmue came out in 1999. That was the... And then this was alongside that as the same cost. And now games cost half a billion. Yep. And that's why we have NFTs, people. (laughs) Don't buy them. But I had this game when I was younger. And I cannot remember it being this bad. You know I remember why. it being I remember it being a lot worse than Path of Neo, but I remember it not being as bad. So here's here's my take on this game. This game came out when it was still really popular, and I guess to some degree a requirement that every movie that came out has a video game associated with it, because gaming at that time was was it was becoming more mainstream. And they were trying to capture the more casual audience by saying, oh, I like Matrix. There's a Matrix video game. I should buy this. And I want to feel like I'm in the Matrix. And they didn't, that that subset. Well, we, of, we could be. We don't know. We really could. We could I be. I mean, there's some theorists out there who say that we are. So, you know, take that. But this game was designed and developed in such a truncated time schedule that you can't when when you're doing a game to release alongside a movie and you have no flexibility for delay you're going to end up with garbage 100% of the time and this is a prime example of that except this is like hot smoldering smelly garbage a lot of these movie games you can kind of give a pass you're like yeah I mean like they had some neat concepts had a little maybe if it had a little bit more time in the oven to just bake, it'd be okay. Like, it'd be tolerable. You could see this as being a, a, a decent game to play. 
There's no two ways around it. This is a terrible game. There is nothing redeeming about this game. I was reading through a bunch of the reviews, and you could really tell that the reviewers were trying to find a redeeming feature about it. Like, well, the com- you know, the combat's great because it makes you really feel like you're in the Matrix and you're a kung fu artist and you're doing all, like, it's really neat for a few minutes. And then that's where it ends. Like, this game has, there is nothing to it. So the storyline. I I think I said to you, like, once you've played a level of this game, you've seen everything it has to offer. You don't even, once you meet the first agent, you've seen everything this game has to offer. With the exception of a shitty driving sequence. So the point of the game is that Niobe and Ghost get a message that there is a package left within the matrix that they have to go retrieve. When they retrieve it, it is a message uh, from the recently destroyed Osiris, basically warning the human city of Zion that the machines were approaching with an army of sentinels. So Niobe and which Ghost... Is, which is the start of the plot of the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. So Niobe and Ghost... The whole point of the game is to call back the rest of the ships to Zion to coordinate a defense. That is the most exciting part of the game. Everything else is gigantic, open, empty levels. I can't tell you how many empty rooms you're going to run through in this game. It's 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 thousands. It's actual thousands of empty rooms. Just gigantic gray boxes of rooms that you run through oh but you if you slow down and focus you can like do a neat cartwheel off the wall Woo! this game is trash i mean i'm not going to disagree with you it is very very bland and it's kind of i i think the combat is cool though i do like the combat for the time it's pretty good yeah i mean i could i could give it that but the cut you're you're constantly fighting against the controls at every single turn. Whoever mapped out this control scheme needs to be taken out back and uh you know put down. Yeah, so you have on top of the combat you get different guns and then you can swap between them at will and then you have a focus meter which basically is like kind of the matrix bullet time where you can do various di- if you hold l1 for example activates focus and then you press x and you'll just do a super leap forward and like you can shoot in midair in slow-mo which is pretty cool the first time you do it oh see you were you're playing it on ps2 yes oh i was playing on the xbox and it's even worse really because there's no l1 r1 so you have the black and white buttons instead oh no so if you want to shoot you have to hit the black button so you can't really aim so everything I is. Forgot, I forgot original Xbox didn't have the yeah. bumpers. So you had to rely on auto aim. And it just, it's not, it's not functional. What blew me away was just how many tips pop up. So you'll be running along and be like, hey, tip, here's how you jump over a wall. Hey, tip, here's how you disarm a character. Hey, tip, here's how you jump across a large gap. Hey, tip, here's how you do a cartwheel. Hey, tip, here's how you counter. So you go into the tips menu and there's dozens and dozens and dozens of tips on how to play this game. It's like, That's indicative of a bad design. 
Yeah, why couldn't they just have like a tutorial where you could play them? But even still, none of that stuff is intuitive. I would there would be a a tip that would pop up on how to disarm a character, and you have to do a very specific sequence uh, of things. And I'd get to the next character and be like, I forgot I do that. Well, guess I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, that's why like a good tutorial is better because you can actually practice doing things. Yeah. Which is, like, I mean, and then you would just you would do things like you would activate focus when you're too close to a wall, and then you did a pointless backflip for yeah. no reason and stuff like that. And it's just like I say, once you've played one level, you've seen everything it has to offer. Well, run trying towards- to run from the agents too. You you can't attack them. You can slow them down, or you can temporarily disable them with explosives. But there's no explosives around. Like maybe you've carried a grenade with you for the past three levels, but like they make it sound like there should be explosive containers around that you can lead them to and attack. Throwing a grenade is a crapshoot as well. God knows where that thing's gonna go. (laughs) It could go. It could go off the map, or it could land at your feet. So. I just don't. I, I think. I think the fundamental problem with the game, alongside the terrible gameplay, is the fact that you're playing as Niobe and Ghost. Nobody knows who these two people are. Nobody wants to play as them. Everybody wanted to be Neo. Right. So why? Why didn't they just make a game about Neo? Admittedly, they made Path of Neo, which is an infinitely better game in every single way. But, but it looks really bad too. It's a I mean, it's not. Game. It is not hard. To make a better game when your bar is literally zero. <laughs> I loved Path of Neo. I used to think it was a brilliant game. Why didn't we play that? Oh, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> this is what I. This is what always happens. I say, right, the sequel's better. We should just, play the sequel. And then he's like, no, no, we'll play the first one. And yeah. I was so angry every time I put this game in. Like, why is this so bad? And I get there's going to be people, this game was great. It's not. Like, it's not. I I used to think this was good back in the day. I do not think it's good now. So if you have if you have a a warm, gooey spot in your heart for this game and you're disagreeing with us, I challenge you to go back and like objectively play it. There's nothing to do in this game. Absolutely nothing to do. I don't, did you get up to the mission in the post office where it set off the gas? Yes. And then it starts you off facing a air vent and you can't go anywhere. I'm like, yeah. so I just jumped down to the floor and died because I was like, do I have to jump over the other side? Or? Is that the but one t- where you have to find conveyor belt 10? Did you play as Niobe or Ghost? Niobe. I played as Ghost. Maybe the levels are different. Oh. So on this one, so... It starts you off and you're facing towards... So you're on top of the shelves, right? And you can't go forward because there's this thing in front of you. So that's bad game design to start with. So you have to turn around and go all the way back around the shelves and then jump across this gap to get across more of the shelves. But then there's the levels end very abruptly as well. Like you'll go through a door and then it's like, all right, level done. The game is constantly saving and I'm convinced that that's because they understand that you can only tolerate about three minutes of this game at a time. (laughs) This, it never tells you where to go either. Oh, it does. It does. And this is also really bad game design because it doesn't respect seasoned gamers. If you just like are wandering around for a little bit, the game is going to be like, okay, fine. And it puts up a little arrow that just guides you to where you need to go. Oh, that's when that appears. Yeah. If uh, the game I, perceives I you once. as being 
too stupid to understand its brilliance, it tells you where to go. You know what? Like, one save and grace for this. I thought the camera was pretty good. Oh, see, I think the camera's shit because you can't control it. But yeah, but for a game of the time where you didn't have that much control over cameras, I think it's pretty tight. Like when you're going upstairs, for example, it follows them pretty damn well. Yeah, I suppose. Did you, you obviously played the mission where you had to go through the airport, uh, the airplane hangars, right? And no, I think Ghost just goes through straight through the airport. Oh, I had to go in and like climb these scaffoldings, jump on top of a a jumbo jet and then like jump across into. Can't tell you how many times I died there because there's a guy at the top of the scaffolding that if you attack from a distance, Niobe will do like this dragon kick. And half the time I would miss and just like dragon kick myself off the top of the scaffolding and die. And then you have to do the whole level again. Oh dear. So I, um, on the airport mission where, where I stopped, basically ghost has to fight a helicopter. And if you step out in the open, the helicopter will kill you within about two seconds. So, but there's only a very, very small gap to shoot the helicopter. And as you know, you rely on auto aim on this game. There is, no decent aiming system. None. So, so you didn't get to shoot do the driving mission, did you? No, I was a passenger. And <laughs> the AI of Niobe was crashing into everything. It was so bad. Dude, it's rough. Mm. It's real bad. Because you get to a point where you have to wait for a gate to open and there are these like giant green dots above it as a a timer and it comes out to be like three minutes so you can either just drive around this little circle like roundabout or you can go explore the city where there's there's nothing to do and then you get lost and then you have to wait for the little arrow to pop up to guide you back to where you need to go but you just get pinned in and then immediately die i made it through the first time and then as i'm going across the bridge you get barricaded by a bunch of cars and i discovered that i died like maybe a wheel's length away from where I needed to be for the cutscene to kick in and carry me on so I didn't do it all over again. But I think if you were to take all the levels and remove all of the like filler fluff crap, this game might be six minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I spent much longer in that post office than I probably should have done. world's largest post office. Why do they have corridors? there's, There's literally a level called backtracking. Which is exactly like it sounds. You go back through where you've just been for no reason. I hate this game. <laughs> like, I don't. I. I don't want. I've got a bin of games that I just don't want on my shelf. Like the the sealed copy of Disney Princesses on Wii that Jeremy Sanford sent me. Well, you know what? That one's actually. I think that's on the sealed shelf. But like Rock Band for Wii or just things like that that just don't take up space. Like, this is just going to go in that bin or in the garbage bin. But it's just it's just bad. I, I don't even know what to say about it. Like I'm so flabbergasted at how bad this game is. So I yeah, it's it's pretty damn bad. Like I I I would be in agreement. Like I I tried to play this multiple times over the past month and just every time I played it like Eric says once you get to about 3 minutes you just want to turn it off. Because it's just so rough. Now, although I think this game has a really interesting little mini game. Did you try it? What? Uh, so it has a it has a mini game called Hacking, 
which is kind of very rudimentary hacking, but it's really in depth. And you get you can use a keyboard to input all these different commands and stuff, and it unlocks unique content for the game, which is really cool. And it goes through this kind of really convoluted process where you start talking to the characters from the Matrix and things like that through the con- the command prompts. And I remember doing this as a kid and actually doing it properly and figuring out how it works and feeling a real sense of accomplishment. And once you complete it, you unlock a multiplayer mode. Ugh. Where, which is basically like um, one-on-one combat with different characters from the series. Uh, no. no. No, I did not I, do I, that. I, no, I didn't think you would have done I, I definitely did not. But it's apparently this game, because it had the Matrix license, sold 5 million copies. Exactly, because people looked at it and went, Oh, this is neat. I want to be in the Matrix. I'm going to spend my money on this. And as a result... All of the actors in the Matrix movies did motion capture to act out the in-game scenes. Ooh. Couldn't tell. It looks terrible. I'm sorry. I just hate this game so much. I, I, I can tell. It's yeah, not not one of the best picks. I'd have to fail. We just have a habit of starting the year off with terrible games. Yeah, because then it's just uphill. It's uphill from here. Because there was a yeah. year that we started off with. So. Gex. I hope so. Like Gex, by comparison. No. Not wrong with Gex. You're right. Gex is like Final Fantasy VII compared to this shit. You know how they yeah. recall video games? Like, Two Human got recalled because of a bunch of publishing issues. They should just recall this game be like, sorry, we made this. Take all copies. We've reserved a spot in the landfill next to E.T. We're just going to put them all away. I don't think he liked this one, guys. I didn't hate it as much as you do, but I think I've still got kind of a bit of nostalgia for it. But honestly, I, I, I'm i doubting myself now, but Path of Neo is a much better game. I'm not playing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You can't get me to do it. I <laughs> Not gonna debt. Um, yeah, there's not, there's not much else we can, say, we can say about this. Full disclosure, like, we, we both didn't get very far with this because we just couldn't physically face playing more of it. Well, like you said, I if, if you play five minutes of it, you've seen everything this game has to offer. The thing that drives me insane about it, aside from everything, is that the levels are so unbelievably long with no reason. Like the very first episode where you just need to like escape there's like 47 rooms that you need to go through and across the tops of a ton of buildings just to get to a door or in the post office you need to get to a package why am i going through what seems to be the largest office complex in the world perhaps the universe to find a package at a post office no post office in their right mind is this large why well, couldn't I just gonna, go into the front door? You're not going to pop one into one in rural Yorkshire either and just say, hey, I've got a package waiting, like, can I have it? Cheers! But why would the people leave, so the people leaving this message, why would they choose that post office? Why wouldn't they be like, you know what, here's that one just down on the corner, you walk in, you got a guy in the blue pants and the, the button-up shirt going, oh, hey, what can I do there for you today? <laughs> got a package for you. 
and then they just hand you the package and you piss off. Like, why do you need to go through <laughs> so many empty office complexes beating up security guards who are making like six bucks an hour just trying to raise their family while their wife is at home with the baby? Also, why does this post office need so many security guards? And what are they securing? Packages, apparently. You get to exactly one room that has like 50 lockers in it, and that's it. That's a frustrating yeah. part of the game, too, because you never you don't know where the package is. You just have to like walk up to all these lockers and just arbitrarily press a button until you find the right one. Something in my mind must have... I must have knew which one you must have go to, because I just I, wandered straight into the corner and the cutscene started. I had to look up a walkthrough on what to do in this room Something because I, just right. couldn't, I like i couldn't do anything i couldn't figure it out and they're like you walk over into this corner i'm like oh brilliant such intuitive game design ahead of its time this game sucks <laughs> i love how much you hit it uh. i would play goof troop 10 times over before i put this game oh, back into God. my system oh, again day of me Day a day of me. Yeah, I I don't have anything else to say about it. Shite. I don't think anybody should ever say anything about this game ever again. As I put on the Eric's head picture for this one, developed by Shite Entertainment, not Shiny Entertainment. God, it's just fucking garbage. I'm just angry. I feel bad for the people that made this game. Sorry you wasted your time. <laughs> um would you like to move on to some questions from the community? Yes. Sir? Get me away from this thing. I'm just getting angrier. Well, some of the questions are about this, so I can't. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's uh, all in jest. It's all in James jest. Hall, is, his question is, do you know Kung Fu? No. I do. I'm a black belt. No, you're not. You right. have a black belt. You aren't a black belt. Oh, that's where I've gone wrong. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, your belt has holes in it poked by nail clippers, so... <laughs> No, we couldn't do that. I had to go buy a new one. <laughs> it's not my fault I'd lost some junk. Only you would show up to a wedding with clothes that you haven't confirmed fit. Why I, I like I my got my clothes on today. Working in Northeast England, there's not much call for suits. Yeah, well, just think. Think of how easy it would be for you to become the most dapper man in the Northeast. All you would have to do is just put minimal effort in. I do. <laughs> and then shout at a bus stop. Uh, James Hall has a real question. Does any of the crew remember Matrix Online or even played it back in the day? I'll be honest. I was never a huge Matrix fan. See, I was, uh, but I've never really had a decent PC, so I never got into Matrix Online. I remember it being quite a, a big thing at the time. So... If you're unfamiliar, Eric, the Matrix Online is actually, it does actually continue the films. It continues the storyline, and it's actually meant to be part of the overall series. Didn't you guys just recently have a, a conversation about the Matrix movies and how, in hindsight, maybe they're not as good as we all remembered them to be? I think that, I still think they're good. I like them. I don't think, I've seen one and two. I don't think I ever saw the third one, and apparently the one that just came out is just Real bad. It, de it depends. I've heard mixed... The critics yeah. didn't like it, but I hear actual, pe actual fans did like it. I, mean, um, I guess that's all that counts. 
See, for the Matrix films, for me, I think people take them more seriously and think they're more confusing than they actually are. First of all, they're not confusing. They're relatively simple to follow. And second of all, just if you just take them for what they are, like stupid films about people doing flips and fighting each other, then they're very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, like, the fight scenes in The Matrix Reloaded are brilliant. The one where he fights all the Smith clones is incredible. Yeah. That's which, a super cool sequence. Which one had the opening scene on the freeway with just mass destruction on the, of cars? Uh, it's not an opening scene, but it's Matrix Reloaded. Okay. Um, where they rescue the key maker. Oh. Is that the one with the spoon? No. Oh. He's the one with the keys. Oh. Is that why he's that's the key the, maker? That's the name, the key maker, yes. Oh. Uh, but Dalton, this leads into Dalton's question. Is this game as ass as the movies were? Um, no, nothing is as bad as this. Like <laughs> this makes th- this makes the Matrix movies look like Schindler's List, with how freaking perfect it is. It's a cinema reference. Like it's really good. Schindler's yeah. List is really good. Yeah, thanks. I got it. The Godfather. Uh, we could go with the Godfather, Schindler's List, um, probably the upcam- upcoming live action Mega Man movie. Uh, William Chard said, did anyone play the GameCube version? I seem to remember it coming on two discs and being a bit glitchy. Also, does anyone remember the Matrix Path of Neo on PS2? I do remember the Matrix Path of Neo, William. I may have said, we should play the Matrix Path of Neo. And they went, then certain gentlemen who may be on this conversation went, oh no, we should play the first one first, then to the Matrix game. And now he hates his life. More important question, who who asked this? I don't recognize the name. William Chard. Oh, welcome, William. I don't Yes. Your name does not ring a bell, but I've I've seen it kicking around. Um welcome. Welcome to the group. I have no answer to your question. I do remember seeing this on GameCube, but I bought it on Xbox because I thought it might be good. It's not. Uh, Mark Marcheski said, did anyone else ever make movie or game parody videos? The Matrix always reminds me of me and my friends and I'm making a fake tricks movie. I think, Mark, you need to get this out of the archives and show it to us first yes, of all. Yes, we uh, must see this. Uh, and I know in the back of the day I did not. But I used to, when I was a kid, I used to take great joy in like playing Final Fantasy, for example, <laughs> outside in real life. Doing turn-based battles in the streets. <laughs> Seriously. God. Yeah. Uh, Cody Halverson said red blue, red pill or blue pill. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with what that's referencing is from the, the movie. And it refers to the choice between learning a potentially unsettling or life-changing truth or being blissfully ignorant and staying with the blue pill. I would always choose the red pill. So would I. Always. What uh, Jordan Loffrey, what game has the better bullet time, The Matrix or Max Payne? Max Payne. Yeah. Uh, Santos Be- Lopez, it's time to give your top three worst games played on Factory Sealed. Enter The Matrix, Dot Hack Game 1, and Goof Troop. That sounds about right. Well, we never played Goof Troop for the show. Oh, did we not? No. Uh, this I, is at the top. I forget what we, we play. I'm, I've been scrolling through 
And I think that Revenge of Shinobi is up there. What? Dude, that game's bad. It's, it's not. It's just bad. I respectfully disagree. I hated Baldur's Gate. Baldur's Gate was crap. No, see, th- it's okay to be wrong, and you're wrong. Like, it's okay. I forgive you. But You, did, you really hated Ape Escape, didn't you? Um, yeah, but not as much as I hated Bully. So Bully would be on that list. I could uh, not stand that game. That wasn't good, was it? It was not good. I think Symphony of the Night would be on that list, too. What? Just kidding. I just wanted to get Zach's blood pressure up. (laughs) Mega Mega Man Zero was pretty bad. No, no, no. Mark of Cree is also really a terrible game. Oh, God, that was terrible. That was awful. Dino Crisis was pretty bad, but it was hilarious. Yeah, but then if we wouldn't have played Dino Crisis 1, we wouldn't have gotten to the absolute masterpiece that is Dino Crisis 2. That was on my game of the year list. Dude, (laughs) unbelievable game. So good. Uh, The Force Unleashed had not aged well. Yeah, yeah, it hadn't. I I still kind of wish I would have played the Wii version of that because apparently that's hot garbage. You played Uh, uh, Gex, you hated Gex? I did hate Gex. I really hated Gex. Fatal, I don't want to say Fatal Frame. I liked the concept for it, but... Um, Terranigma was also pretty terrible too. Was it? I did. I missed that one. Yeah, Mike and I did that show, and we discovered Onimushi that- Peas was that bad? No, 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 no. See, I disagree. I think Onimusha is great for its time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's been anything much worse than that. This is hands down like. If you can think of a worse game that we have formally played for the show, not back when Aaron and Jess and I were just like doing a couple of random little playthroughs of games each each show, like formally sat down and played. I'd be curious to hear it because I cannot. I just scrolled through our entire library of games that we played. There's some turds on there, but like this is the whole bowels like this is all of it it's just garbage <laughs> some of these descriptions from the shorts it's like, so fa- funny factory sealed episode 110 driver medieval and richard stick <laughs> there's <laughs> something there any- something in tom the technophobe or something is there any dick and richard is driver any good outside of russian accent why is medieval called medieval and just what in the hell are sarnies and peace pudding anyway <laughs> <laughs> factory uh, sealed episode 109 warrior land hello comrades this week we are driving you crazy with discussion of warrior land larders versus pantries and very very poor accents the comedy uh, we have provided over the years honestly plenty more to come plenty uh, more. so one more question from hesley Hattie. Happy New Year, guys, and Happy New Year to you as well, sir. Why did you pick this game? Just shows your commitment to start the year the true factory sealed way. <laughs> he's right. Called it. Uh, first question. So he's always got two questions. Hesley, Hesley, two questions. First question, the best or at least so, the best and worst movie tie-in video games. So the worst, the- hands down, has to be E.T. Hold on. So is he saying the worst? He wants oh, no, no, no. This. This is the worst ever. <laughs> There's literally nothing worse than this. There must be things worse than this. No. Now, I would say for 
absolute brilliant movie tie-in games, Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I was going to say Two Towers. I I almost bought Two Towers on Game Boy Advance yesterday, complete in box, but I asked to look at it and the game wasn't in there and the lady's like, oh, okay, well, I guess we don't have it. Why would you even put this out there if you don't have the game in it? Do you know what's but a that surprise- is a surprisingly good? Do you know what's a surprisingly good movie game as well? Hmm. King Kong. Yep, very good. I would say though that the best movie tie-in game is Ratchet Spider-Man? Clank 2016. Oh come on! It doesn't really count. Yes, it does. I suppose it hundred percent counts because they did a movie and then the game alongside the movie movie tie-in i would say the best of all time is spider-man 2 i don't know about that that is in a brilliant game um, how about oh, oh there was cat there was a Catwoman game that was terrible uh total recall on the super nintendo was awesome was it? if you've never played that game it's really really good really hard um so Batman Santa's- Forever? It's <laughs> so do, good. How do we forget that? Uh, it's so bad. It's so good at the same time. We had such fun playing that. Brilliant. Santos' second question. Not Santos. Hesley's second question. What Activision Blizzard game do, would you like Microsoft to revive? I would like to see StarCraft come back. I would really like to see them revive the 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 dead corpse of starcraft ghost which side note as i've been packing i found a box up in my attic and it had game informer and psm magazines from the early 2000s and on the cover of it was starcraft ghost and it was like it's like finally revealed and all the details and just part of me died seeing that again because i was so upset when that turned into vaporware yeah, that's I. I wasn't really aware of that one oh. until recently. It would have been great. It probably would have been try- trash, but it was. It was. I think it was supposed to be like a perfect dark style game set in StarCraft. Yeah, well, it was. Um, Bring it back. I think Tenchu is one of those series that Activision used to own. Have you played it's a Tenchu game recently? No, but it could be good in modern times. It could be like Ghost of Tsushima. It could be. I just remember Tenchu games being hyper violent, like also, unbelievably also, violent. Also, bring back Guitar Hero, proper Guitar Hero. None of that shit when they try to reboot it. Old style Guitar Hero. I'm ready True. for that again. What about Skylanders? It did well for a time. Toys are everywhere. There were your a couple. Kids, I, your you kids know what never I, got into it, did they? What's that? Your kids never got into it. No, because it died out right right as they were getting into the gameplay age. I tell you what needs to be done. There needs to be a quality, like I'm talking really good quality Transformers game. Yeah, that's one of the things that I never, I don't understand how there aren't more like games like that, like Transformers and superhero games and stuff like that. Why aren't there more good ones? After playing through, I'm about 60% of the way through Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm all in on the fact that you can have really really good video games based on movies and i think transformers would translate into that if done well i think the last one i played was 
was it War for Cybertron? No, that's that has to have been too long ago. Anyway, there was it was it was semi decent, but again, like it just didn't quite have that. Oh my god, Eric! Eric, um, Activision owns Prototype, which I really liked. You ever play Prototype? Um, I do. Yeah. True true Crime. I used to really like True Crime. Oh, bring back True Crime! Yeah, that was a great game. I think the other one that needs to be brought back and like revived appropriately is Tony Hawk. I mean, we can't, you can't talk about Activision and not talk Tony Hawk. Yeah, well, it had to come back, didn't it? it had Tony other... Hawk, was it six, the most recent one? No, they did the remaster of one and two. And, okay, like, I'm talking, let's get a new one and basically do it in the vein of what made Skate awesome. Yes, that would be good. I would like that very much. When's Skate 4 coming out anyway? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's it for for questions. Thank you, as always, everybody. Yeah. If you want to send us questions, we mainly mainly just uh, look at Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Factory Seal Podcast. We also have a Discord. I don't know the easiest way to, like, share that out. So go to our Facebook, ask for the Discord, and we'll let you in. I I, th- I think you can search on Discord for Factory Seal. We have it set to private, I think. Why? I don't know. Tom, Tom and Stephanie are the Discord gurus, so... And they're not here, so... They're not here. No. They are not here. Um, Coming up, Dan. Dan. Hello. I promise you, the game we are playing next is not crap, because I started it up again last night on PS3 and fell in love all over again. We are playing Binary Domain. Hey, I know nothing about this. So let me give you a little a little preface on it. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm going to give you a little preface. The op- like it starts just like a very generic bro third person shooter and the first mission is probably about 25ish minutes long and then the story kicks in. So like if you look at it and judge it in that first 25 minutes you'll be like what's so special about this? But then that first like actual cutscene kicks in with what the hell's happening, and from there on out, it's a wild ride. Is it an FPS? Uh, third person over the shoulder tactical shooter, kind of like Gears. So is it, oh, okay, I thought so. Uh, chest high walls everywhere, lots of brown. Um, no, 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 oh. no, no, no brown. It's all, it's all. You're shooting robots. Robots. It's really, it's really neat. We'll get more into it, but depending on where you shoot the the robot, like to prevent this wave from attacking you, you can shoot out their legs, or if you shoot them in the head, it disengages their ability to detect friend from foe, so they'll start firing on each other. Um, if you shoot the weapon out of one uh, robot's hand, like he'll crawl around and grab a different weapon that's laying on the ground. It's a phenomenal game. If you have a PS3, actually, no, you're going to be playing it on Series X, aren't you? Yes. I'm kind of tempted to just go purchase it on Series X because a huge portion of the game is utilizing the headset to call out commands to your characters. Otherwise, you have to use the controller and it's very limited with what you can do. So you can be sitting there and just yell out like, charge, and all of your characters will run out. or You'll be like, retreat, and they'll come back to you. Charge! It's, <laughs> it's fun, man. It's so fun. I've been pumped. This was the. It's really strange for me that we're playing this game for the show 
because this was one of the first review copies I got when we started doing games journalism stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Ah, how things come full circle, eh? Uh, there we are. Here we are. So that's coming up next. We do need to flesh out the rest of the schedule, but what was the one that we were just talking about we should add? Lost Planet. Lost Planet. Let's make a note for that. Let's not do any more shit like this because Enter the Matrix is just bad. This episode of Factory Sealed is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon sponsors, with an extra special thank you to Zach Foley, Santos Lopez, Sarah Irvine, Jeremy Lucas, Samuel Chun, Miles Prower, John Weaver, Jordan Lawfrey, Stephanie, Thomas McGrew, Richard Cutris, Phil Gartside, Jason McGill, Haitani, Wes Rainey, Sholto, Dalton Suter, Colin Neblo, Juliet Breslin Romano, Gus Robin, Hesley Hattie, Elliot Hughes, Aaron Lanning, Brandon Meyer, Cody Halverson, Greg Plummer, Johan Vickerborn, Robert True, and Julian Scantucci.